that is the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to the race hour brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course Bet Victor. Uh, we are right on the cusp of the Cheltenham Festival and we're in Cheltenham. It's me, Dean Ryan, with Dermot Nolan. We're here. We most certainly are. It's great to be here, Dean, but the uh, the rain is continuing to fall, isn't it? That's not a bad thing, I don't think. I think the ground is going to, well, obviously it's going to kick off on soft ground now. Most certainly will. There's um, absolutely no doubt. One of the uh, certainties in life is... Uh, is the ground starting off on softer? Was well for this year. Normally, the one of the certainties in life that kicks off on good to soft, but it's been raining for a steady couple of hours now already. As we record this, it's coming up to five o'clock on the Monday afternoon. Uh, day one of the Chantler Festival gets underway tomorrow, and uh, the first race demo we talked about loads. We've done a preview night. All of this is on bookmakers.co.uk. Um, but sometimes the race just takes a different shape when you look at it the day before. Uh, we're nearly staring into the abyss of the Chantler Festival. Asterion Falange is going to go off favourite for the Skybet Supreme. Uh, Bet Victor go four places in the opener, currently 11-4 favourite. The big drifter is Shiskin. Yeah, uh, definitely closer to the race, you have a bit of jitters. I didn't think that the jumping right hand was as big a deal as just watching back the races again today. It's, it's very pronounced, isn't it, the way the way he did it first time? Yeah, the first time, my word, like he was going sideways. The second time, not as bad. Not as bad. So by that progression, he just mightn't do it. He might also just go through the ground so easily that if he does give away a tiny bit of each hurdle, it mightn't bother him. But the one that, that I've fallen on, Dean, and I've mentioned him a good lot of times on the Race Hour podcast, is... Alexander Dane, I think he will. Um, I think he'll love the ground. Absolutely adore it. He's uh, he's full of stamina. This horse uh, pulled the head off himself last time, but I'd say Mark Walsh will be under instructions just to kind of let him go now over two miles, and he could just be one of the odds. And his odds are starting to uh, collapse around the place as well. They are. There's a big sea of blue across odds check. I bet Victor currently go eighteen to one four places for Elixir Dene. Much sense, shorter elsewhere than I, I sense that's a big switcheroo from you though, because you're a big Abracadabras fan. But is the ground completely gone for it? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I said this on the podcast and on the race or uh, preview night that the uh, the ground would temper my enthusiasm in him and it most certainly has what do you make of the drift on Shiskin uh, nobody seems to want this horse now I'd say it's people just kind of coming to their senses um, as well as that the bookies always do tend to pick one to take on it was you know it was Bally Andy two years ago wasn't it and then they kind of took on Al Dancer last year as well and mm -hmm. he's he definitely is that horse I think as well the closer they get they're probably just getting the Willie Mullins jitters and they're uh, yeah. they're quite scared to take on the uh, supreme horse of his so I'd say they're backing it and um, there could just be droves of money coming in from now. Well, there's lots of money as around as well for Chantry House, which I think is fascinating. Late money in the green and gold for Nicky Henderson and Barry Geraghty. Um, what do you make of Chantry House? I wouldn't have had it on the radar now, but the money could be very significant. His form checks out too. I mean, if you go through his form lines, he's beaten an awful lot of these behind him. Uh, I thought all season he'd go further, but they've decided to go here, obviously, with uh, Sporting John as well on the agenda. And McManus, like most races at the festival particularly this year he seems to have a very very strong hand and Chantry House only strengthens that further 140 handicap mark though you won't find many horses off that rate and go and win a supreme but it's a complete unknown potential isn't it yeah 100% uh, again he has that vital challenge for, or not festival but he has that vital 
Cheltenham Experience. Yeah, Cheltenham Experience, because of course, winner. One that doesn't have it is Fiddler on the Roofs, who's my big fancy for the race and has been for a decent while now. He's blown away by the. Too slow. Could be, but this ground is going to play right into his hands. A massive, big, scopey type. I love the way he jumps. I love the way he travels. I thought he cleared away in a Tolworth in what actually turned out to be, and I'm not a times man, but a good time. Um, Fiddler on the Roof would be my pick for it. I'm surprised, given the rain, still a bit of 13 to 2 around for this horse. Yeah, definitely. Um, They were. The rain will play into his hands, absolutely no doubt. I would just still, um, I know we disagree on this, but I would still just have that fear of the early tactical pace for him, regardless of the ground. Well, 7-1 to one with Bet Victor, four places. That'll be my pick, That's Fiddler on the Roof. Um, I really hope that gets me off to a flyer. So if we had to kind of nail a 1-2-3, you're going to put Elixir Dene at the top, are you, and go for a flyer? Uh, no, I'd, I'd go Asterion Falange, number one, Elixir Dane, number two, and then I would um, I would see the likes of a Fiddler on the Roof or, or Shantry House or Shishkin flying home for, for a second. If Abracadabra wins, I sense she'll be pretty sick. Absolutely though. heartbroken. I've been on him all year uh, without actually backing him because I thought he'd be shorter on the day, which he is, but just Gordon Elliott's enthusiasm seemed to be sapping out of him as the uh, previous nights went on. and. The exact same thing has happened to me, Dan. Can we throw anything else into the mix before we move on from this race? Lights of Berkshire Royals, never seen a race course over hurdles. Uh, fascinating entry. I've never seen that before, yeah. Well, I don't know what they're doing there. 100 to 1 shot in the race uh, going for a hurdles debutant. Didn't they run Concertista as a debutant last year? In the Mayor's Novice, you know, a small bit of a difference there, uh, difference, especially yeah. in a race that completely fell apart. But very hard to back. You need to be mental, but, you know, Willie Mullins it does seem to be mental, so... It could just work out. But the likes of, like, look, look, I mean, this is a deep enough contest. You know, Edward Stone, Captain Guinness yeah. has to be mentioned. Yeah. Alert, uh, Soviet Pimpernel would not be out of this at all if uh, realising that very early potential. And one um, at some much at some favourable place terms. Um, heaven help us could run a huge race, but 150 to 1 or so around the place. Okay, uh, massive price. Massive, massive price. And um, with Bet Victor, there's 100 to 1. And just with the extended place terms are in the without markets the without the first tree or something just wouldn't be surprised me at all now if Danny Mullins completely rode this horse just to be coming with one late rattle because whilst obviously she's going to struggle here massively um, she's put up valiant showings now behind the likes of Fred and behind the likes of um, behind the likes of Fred and behind the likes of Abacadabra so just wouldn't surprise me at all in that ground as well because she does have Cheltenham experience Okay, so Fiddler on the Roof for me. My one, two, three would be Fiddler, um, Abracadabras and Asterion Falange. I'm going to take that negative around Shiskin as being something to avoid. And Chantry House, for me, just hasn't done enough yet. Could easily be the best of these going forward. Uh, very hard to know at this stage. And that's the beauty of what you get in a Supreme Novices hurdle. Uh, looking forward to it very much. What about them? We kick off. Okay, let's move on then, Demo, to the Arkle. Um, the Racing Post Arkle, of course, goes to post at 2.10. Uh, Notebook and Fakir Dudaris are at the top of this market. Okay. And do you know what? Notebook is now a three to one uh, with Bet Victor. Would that get you involved? Been trading shorter than that? Yeah, she, uh, he's a fair price now. Uh, you know, like you can't say that he isn't uh, an all-known form. He's better than these Irish horses now. There is plenty of improvement left in the likes of Fakir Dudery and uh, Cashback. But if you've liked them all season um, and you felt like going in again, you, you couldn't really put anyone off. But it is just those antics for the last race and you'd be a bit scared now about the fact that he does go slightly right and uh, 
in an article, especially one where they'll be going so frantically, you'd just be a small bit perturbed by that. I'm, I am I love the horse. I think he looks an absolute superstar. Big bull, huge back end on him. I like the way he jumps. Uh, I know he goes a touch to the right, but it's the antics at the start at Leopardstown last time that would put me off getting involved. And also those back numbers, and I keep coming back to it over hurdles, uh, they wouldn't be good enough to win a normal running of the arc, but you don't trying to subscribe to that based on Henry de Bromhead and the way some trainers go about running their hurdles. He probably didn't get put in the right races to get the rating he needs. Yeah, I mean, you know, Special Tiara was only in the 110s and went on to win a champion chase. Uh, notebook seems to be going along a similar path. Henry de Bromhead, it's just the way he trains, the way he free jumps them over the fences at home. They just improve tenfold for going over fences. It, it, hurdles with him seem to just be a means to an end. Um, he merely trains them forward for it. It's why any hurdler really for him... I, I'd always struggle to back them because it just seems to be that he has a complete future mind yeah. on fences. So, notebooks, no. It really wouldn't concern me. Fakir Duderi, any chance of turning that previous run with notebook around? I think Mark Walsh might be a bit more positive on Fakir Duderi's this time. Yeah, they went out that day to ride a race um, as opposed to actually do what the horse needs. Uh, they went out to kind of sit in and when notebook made his move, the Mark Walsh and uh, Fakir were just kind of caught flat-footed at Christmas. Now, he gave notebook weight that day uh, or sorry he got weight from got weight, yeah. notebook that day and he doesn't get it this day so whilst you can obviously make loads of excuses for him and he could well win he's a very good horse but notebook beat him handsomely enough now and um, doesn't have to give him any weight at all you it's, can't see that being reversed no. okay um, let's talk about cashback then only slightly behind uh, notebook in that run at Leopardstown uh, despite all the antics from notebook I was a bit I would be of the view that if cashback couldn't beat notebook that day and Notebook doesn't misbehave this time round, you won't beat him. I have the opposite opinion. I think you've got to look at potential in a racehorse. Uh, he was stepping up from a run at, uh, at Nace before that when not much got into the race. He kind of kicked him into touch and he'd been having just a very easy time of it until then. He, he just kicks on the front and nothing could kind of live with him. It was a huge run, massive step up in class. He'll, he'll know an awful lot more now about himself and if Paul Townend can get on with him as well as Danny Mullins was um, and maybe just eke out a bit more improvement because Cashback did plenty wrong in that run as well and if he can kind of sort himself out a bit more I think he's he's kind of more stamina laden and I think to be that full of stamina it uh, definitely would suit an article a bit more than it would around Leprosan Okay so you fancy Cashback can uh, finish in front of Notebook this time around let's wrap up the Irish challenge before we move on to some of the other runners in the race because put the kettle on is interesting in here Henry de Bromhead uh, going dual handed Aidan Coleman booked for this one and um, you know has of course some distance win to his name Yeah and John Dermody um, owns the horse um, has been in contact with us before in the race hour uh, very Seems a good guy, and uh, this horse just—if you like Al Dancer—the uh, prices seem to be right now. Um, so, if you like Al Dancer, I think you have to like put the kettle on. Yeah, um, you know I do like Al Dancer, and we'll, we'll get there in a moment. There is a lot of money around for Evan Williams and Adam Wedge with Esprit de Large. This is the one for money right now on the eve of the race, uh, as big as twenties with Bet Victor in the build-up to the race. Now eleven to one, and actually fifth favourite for this year's article. Yeah, definitely. And that last run was uh, obviously huge. We haven't seen him since, which is a bit of a pity because you would like to have seen that form maybe tested a small bit more because he, he just won so easy that day that um, it's just hard to judge properly. But he's um, he's definitely a very good horse and uh, he is very interesting. But I just have a nagging feeling that he mightn't be up to the front few in the market. 
People who've been listening to us a fair bit on here will know we're not that keen on the likes of Mary Van Rai for Dan Skelton, although she's done nothing wrong, costs a lot of money as well for the Skeltons. They'll be very hopeful. Uh, prices as big as 25 to 1 in the build-up to this race, now sitting at 12 uh, to 1, has to have a chance. Rouge Viff is in there for Harry Whittenson and Gavin Sheehan, but you can tell I've saved uh, probably what our selection is uh, to, to discuss last, and that's Brewing Up a Storm. Now, a little bit like Esprit de Large, we haven't seen Brewing Up a Storm for quite some time. I think that's down to design, though, rather than a problem with the horse. Richard Johnson is back and can ride. And uh, Ollie Murphy looking for a first festival winner. Yeah, there was a problem after Taunton. Ollie Murphy said it last week um, that he would like to have got another run into him. But once he was okay by January, the end of January, they just decided that rather than rushing him somewhere, they did keep him fresh because he, he's always said that he is best fresh anyway. Um, this horse has achieved an awful lot um, so far in his career. He's a very, very good horse. This is his distance and he's very, very interesting. The one thing that I am just a bit wary of is the price disparity between him and Cashback now, 11 to 2 and 7 to 1, mm -hmm. considering Cashback has done just more than him. Okay. Uh, but, the potential, yeah. but the potential is there for Bruno Pistorn to really kick on now. Yeah, I mean, that Carlisle run, that form looks very good, beating good boy Bobby, although only just getting the job done. Then the jumping wasn't quite up to par, beating Southfield Stone, but he still won by four lengths with a yeah. bad jumping round. And Southfield Stone is no mug. Uh, all right, expected to win that day at Taunton all the way back in November. Um, if Ollie Murphy has got the homework right, uh, this is the kind of horse with that back form over hurdles, uh, I think that stands out in the race. And Brune Up and Storm would be a relatively confident selection to get involved, I think, providing that break is not the issue. 100%. Uh, you know, he has the form. He has loads of space to grow here. And that first run, just just the form of it is so strong. Um, you know, you've got Rouge Viv back and forth. You've got an awful lot of decent horses in there sorry I keep doing that um, it was a uh, global citizen back and forth midnight shadow in second and yeah. a horse that I think a lot of goodbye Bobby um, in second so yeah. yeah I think it's a very very strong form he put them away quite well that day after being ridden out the back and uh, if he can reproduce that and just maybe fix his jumping a small bit um, he'll definitely be involved here especially with just how frantic it will be up front in. Yeah, and I wonder whether, you know, maybe being fresher than some of these others might actually play to his advantage because they've had some tough races, like the Cashback and Notebook going gunto um, at Leopardstown last time and Fakir Dadari uh, prior to that has taken on Sam Crow as well. Um, so it's an interesting race. I think we're both going to come down on brewing, on a, brewing up a storm for sure. Uh, just to give a mention to Global Citizen and Al Dancer, both of them with the hurdle back numbers that I like to see in an article. Um, Al Dancer would be my pick here at a big price if you're looking for an each way fancy um, around 18 to 1 right now uh, with Bet Victor for that article, paying three places, of course. And uh, if you're going to have an each way play in the race, Al Dancer would be mine. We both like brewing up a storm, but do you have the each way play of the race, Demo, if you were to select one? The each way play of the race, I do think with the ground, especially now with the rain coming, I'd say John's had a bit of a rain dance and uh, put the kettle on would be one that I'd have an each way bet on. But I think brewing up a storm and cashback are two that I wouldn't put anyone off, but I'm just slightly favouring, just like the market is. Bruno Pastor. Okay, Bruno Pastor. Then pretty confident uh, from both of us, really. But we're all trying to take on Notebook. Uh, be interesting how that goes for Rachel Blackmore. Of course, a massive week for her and Henry de Bromhead. Okay, let's move on to the old teamer at two fifty, uh, three miles in the furno. Of course, on the old course, uh, your friend Discarama is now into favourite, joint favourite with Bet Victor Demo, seven to one with Vindication. Yeah, this uh, gamble has been relentless, hasn't it? Because he was sixteen to one when I put him up at the uh, the race hour preview night, um, and since then it's it's just he's been shortening. And shortening but you can see why like it's all click from you know he's got really rock solid form here 
in 2018 and 2019. Um, you know, you know he stays further than this, which is key in the ultimate. You know, you got most of the winners, I think, anyway. Um, you know, you like to call them old battle hardened uh, uh, chases, <laughs> right? Individuals and uh, beware the bear last year. You know, he he stays four miles. You Certainly know, take those boxes. Yeah, all these horses, vintage clouds last year as well, and all these kind of horses. They they just they stay and stay and stay. He he proved that last year. He just couldn't quite get by in the end. Um, but he's had a breeding operation. He's got first time headgear. Everything that you like to see in a horse that maybe didn't go forward as much as he should have in the end of races. Uh, it all looks primed towards this big day, and I think Paul Nolan um, will have this horse cherry ripe and can cap off what's been a terrific season for him and Brian Cooper. Yeah, and they've got a big week, of course, with latest exhibitions come uh, in the Albert Bartlett during the week. Now, if you look at that Discorama's form, likes to finish in second at Delta Work, was behind Lebroy here last year, uh, Champagne Classic as well, run into that one at Wexford. Um, they spanned him over hurdles last time on heavy ground at Limerick. You just write that off, no interest in, in the context of this race. Yeah, he seemed to be quite fancy, but look, a lot of horses like Sam Crow, you saw him absolutely cut out to nothing there as well. Um, an awful lot of horses at Limerick on the day. You you just see the ones that absolutely adored it adored it but the ones that did not just completely stopped and uh, he was one of them and I think it might have been a blessing in disguise because he might have been pushed to his absolute max that day on the ground and they obviously heard a noise um, because he went for a breeding operation rather quickly afterwards and he's been saved back for this now and I just think there's a massive run in him. It seems to be, and the market is completely agreeing with you. Um, I will give a mention of Vindication. If that horse can pull this off of 11 stone 12 for Kim Bailey, then everything Kim Bailey thinks about Vindication is absolutely vindicated. Yeah, it's just his his jumping to the right. Like the, that, that run last year in the uh, JLT, I think he ran in, wasn't it? And yeah. he jumped to the right at everything. Uh, yeah. like he, I think you'd, you'd have to be terrified about back in Vindication here. He was almost a bit um, a bit bone idle in dismissing handicappers the last day, but he's now got the weight for that. Yeah, he's brilliant. Oh, my God, is he very, very good. He could be a horse for me, I think, that actually could go very well in something like an entry ball at big odds. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do believe, and it, I can be proven wrong on this, but I do 100% believe that he's uh, he needs to be going... Um, did away. Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. Uh, the conditional, everyone was concerned about whether this one would sneak into the race. It's in there. And I think this actually might go off favourite demo. I think a lot of people would earmark this horse for the race a good while out. And yeah. then it looked like he wouldn't get in. Um, his handicap form so far this season was right up there and David Bridgewater I think even gave him a tentative entry in the Gold Cup of all races that's how much they think of the conditional uh, Brendan Powell will ride that and I think he's got a great chance of 10 stone 6 yeah you know David Bridgewater his horses um, he's just a very good trainer particularly with kind of with horses here at Cheltenham as well and um, definitely has a big big chance here it's just I'm not sure how good that uh, the old Hennessy was really so um, and the Rasha County yeah I'm kind of happy enough now to take him on as well to be honest yeah well he was well beaten at Warwick the last day albeit running very well for a fair portion of that contest behind Kimberlite Candy and the conditional will wear cheap pieces for David Bridgewater and Brendan Powell and I definitely have him pretty close to the top of my shortlist and some sexy runners in here likes to kill the sharp pieces on first time for Ben Paul and Daryl Jacob no comment who's run well without winning uh, for quite a while actually for Philip Hobbs and Dickie Johnson will ride those in the green and gold who dares wind, um, wins you wouldn't put anyone off Alan King's horse with Tom Cannon on board and Mr Malarkey who was a ready winner the last day John Joe O'Neill Jr uh, keeping the ride there I'm fascinated to see how that one goes although this will come pretty quick only 17 days since it last round that's it exactly and it's uh, unbelievably tough to do that but to be honest, I've gone through the race and gone through the race and Dean, I can't see anyone to beat Discorama. Disco time for Dermot Nolan. I, I'm quite keen and I wouldn't, uh, well, I would actually advise everyone to have a couple of quid each way on Activio. Uh, Jonathan Burke and Tom George team up with this. I thought it ran really well off a much higher mark last year uh, in the race. There's a little doubt about whether it just gets home. 
for Activio. But if he does, I think he's got loads of black back class to get involved off his current mark. So it looks like, Dermo, your anti-post pick for this could go our favourite, and that's Disco Rama in the Ultima. Absolutely. Okay, that's the first three races done on day one of the Cheltenham Festival 2020. Listening to the race hour brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, bet Victor all the way through the Cheltenham Festival. Take a very quick break and we'll be back for the rest of day one. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Put on something upbeat. Oh, I'm useless with music, mate. But if you want to play something exciting, your best bet is to get yourself on that Bet Victor site and check out my new slots game, Harry's Reels. A moustache, mate. I've got to pick up the dinner. Search online for Bet Victor's latest offers. 18 plus. Please gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org. Okay, and welcome back to the day one podcast for the Cheltenham Festival from the Race Hour, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, Bet Victor. Uh, Demo, we've spun through the first three, ra- three races. Uh, we're on to the champion hurdle. Uh, we Everybody said it's one of the worst champion hurdles they can remember. Let's wax over that and just uh, ignore that comment. Can Epitant win? Is currently 3-1 to favourite with Bet Victor for the champion hurdle. Uh, she can win. There is obviously loads and loads of um, of worlds where she wins, but I don't know if I want to live in it. Um, like she's she's a very very good horse. She put up a really good performance at Christmas, but there's no fundamental difference as to what um, you know. As I've been saying, as to what Sharjah beating Petit Mouchoir or yeah. any of these horses winning, there's no big difference between that and what Epitant did. She's eleven to four, and Sharjah is twelve to one, for example. Uh, Super Sunday never runs well on his reappearance. That's probably his best ever reappearance run uh, they've been building him up for a spring campaign and like last season uh, he beat Bouverdere at entry and then was second to him at Punchestown Bouverdere would be odds on if he was running here so I think uh, Super Sunday is definitely the one a 10 to 1 day and this rain is going to help we both like Super Sunday we've talked about it on the preview we've talked about it on the podcast when it was at bigger prices currently 11 to 1 at the moment for that champion hurdle and bet Victor playing four places um, for me all the boxes are ticked it's just if something can go and outrun what we've seen Pentland Hills the two performances you've seen this season you'd think anyone was mad saying it was a 13 to 2 7 to 1 chance for the champion hurdle but if you watch the triumph back from last year have to have a have to have a decent chance. They've given it a wind up. Nico de Boinville says, uh, "If you just watch last year's race, come back at me after you've watched it." I think he's got a point. Um, but Pentland Hills wouldn't be for me. Kilios Emery is the interesting one. I didn't think it jumped well enough on that oh, hurdles no. return. No, 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 I can't have him at all. Um, the jumping last time was absolutely terrible. I actually really liked his horses over fences. I, I, yeah. He jumps the fence lovely. Uh, they've obviously gone here. It makes perfect sense as to why you would drop uh, something into a bad race. Yeah, you know, like you have checking per soir. He might have been schooling at home. Willie doesn't do a whole pile of schooling, but he might have been. And um, But he has to improve drastically his jumping because you could just see him losing his pace place a few times here, Dan. Yeah, and, and look, we could get a boil over in this. We're kind of suggesting one with Super Sunday, but there are some sexy horses in here with a lot of hips to support behind them. Uh, like, of course, Sublime, a fantastic workhorse, and we hear that from Keith Donoghue in the bookmakers.co.uk blog that he does. There's Darva Star for Gavin Cromwell and Jonathan Moore, who would be a great story for them considering they got it from what rated in the low 100s up to 158 now uh, put those two in the mix yeah 100% uh, Darvish Star I actually can't have him um, again as well I think he's become a real hipster pick now and when you look I exactly as Stephen Cass said it has been why I've been promoting that Royal Bond form and why I did fancy Abercadabras until this uh, deluge of rain um, he's not quick enough Darvish Star isn't to stay with to actually stay with him and he stays past he stays on afterwards but he wasn't quick enough to actually go with him before the second last in the Royal Bond and Honeysuckle uh, puts dust in his face basically uh, at Leperstown he stays on past but Honeysuckle was just lonely 
up that running mm-hmm. um, so for me I think when the horses like the likes of Super Sunday and these horses who've been doing this over two miles kick um, I don't think he'll be able to go with them I could see him finishing a really good fourth or a very good third staying on kind of like the new one that year when you know he kind of got caught up and he, he plugged on that's I mean, why I can some see some people tell you the new one should have won that year and some people tell you the new one never would have won that year Never would have had hope, but uh, <laughs> Core Sublime, um, he's the he's the really interesting one um, because only five, yeah, and a horse who travels like he does, yeah. and a horse who can travel behind the bridle has a big chance here because you got not so sleepy will belt off a million miles an hour. Super Sunday won't want to be too far behind. You've an awful lot of horses that won't want to be too far behind that pace. So the reason why I was so keen on Charger was I thought his running style would be very well suited to this race that he could pick up a really poor contest late on but he wants the ground definitely better so whilst I do think Super Sunday is the most logical winner uh, I couldn't put anyone off uh, Core Sublime uh, each way in Okay, and there are a few fascinating runners in here who are reasonably well talked up for the race um, prior to that. Lights are not so sleepy. It didn't go to plan in that Betfair hurdle. Uh, Thuzo Raffles who just let the side down on the run where it was supposed to take a step into Champion Hurdle Company. If there was an absolute blowout in this race, none of these would surprise you, would you given the quality of what we're looking at. Well, I suppose the one who kind of uh, is probably too big a price just based on last season is Silver Streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like that was a really good run in third last season just held for second by Mellon who we fancy in, in the in the Mars chase so like Silver Streak we know he handles the track he's got plenty of grade one experience now so Silver Streak if there's one of big odds that you could see placing it definitely would be him because he has form in a much better time in Hurdle best result though would be Super Sunday for us I think 100% Super yeah. Sunday all the way good luck to Robbie Power and Jessica Harrington in trying to land that champion hurdle of course I think won the Coral Cup back in 2017 has run in a heap of grade ones since then mixing it with the very best in the business and the very best in the business are not here so Super Sunday has every chance with the ground coming right fingers crossed uh, for them and a big run good luck with whatever you fancy in that champion hurdle uh, the race following it Dermo unfortunately we don't have Benny or Honeysuckle in the champion hurdle but it's going to be some tee off Ah, like it, David Jennings said in our preview night, and he's completely right. By the time the champion hurdle is finished, you kind of the air goes out of you a small bit, um, especially with just how poor the national hunt chase potentially looks this year as well. So it's, you know, you've got the mayor's hurdle now, which is just an absolute cracker. And Dean, as much as everyone keeps talking about Benny Dadu being a potential superstar, I think they're. She is a superstar, but. And they're forgetting about the fact, sorry, she is a superstar, yeah. but they're forgetting about the amount of potential that is there with Honeysuckle. And yeah. if Willie Mullins can bag an early winner with Astier and Falange, you could see her maybe being 5 to 2 or so. And well, I think she's you, a bet. The betting right now with Bet Victor and everybody else it is tightening and tightening and tightening on Benny Dadu. She's 7 to 4 on, 13 to 8 on. She's very, very sure. Honeysuckle. 3-1 to one. I didn't think we'd see 3-1 to one in a matchup with Benny DeGioia and it might even get bigger I'm going to have to side with Honeysuckle I think everything she's done screams huge progression and she even fell in a one and Irish champion hurdle over a trip way too short uh, and does the market not realise she loves this ground as well like- this is all going to help I don't think Benny will be inconvenienced by it but it's definitely going to suit Honeysuckle and that hill she's going to devour we've seen Benny do it before um, I'm surprised at the disparity in the prices definitely uh, look uh- Benny's a brilliant horse. Uh, David Mullins called her an absolute airplane at our preview night. There could just be the potential that Honeysuckle is bumping into a freak. Yeah. And she probably is, but I think what we're banking on is our long-held belief that Honeysuckle is just a freak of freaks. Well, the race has been uh, sponsored by Honeysuckle for some time now. We've just been waiting for it to turn up at the Cheltenham Festival and get the job done. So cruelly missed out last year, but proved since then uh, just how far she would want their best novices by. <laughs> God only knows, and I'm still heartbroken.
Can we pick the uh, the best of the rest? Uh, Stormy Island would be my pick. I know Roxana won the race last year. Lady Buttons is taking on a very difficult assignment at the Cheltenham Festival. You would have thought they could have found something else. Uh, Althea was interesting. And there are other runners in the race, but it is a two-horse race, I think. Don't think anyone would disagree what with that. What price is Elfield now with uh, Bet Victor? Elfield, 28-1 to 1 with Bet Victor. And, of course, they are paying three places, but you're not really going to get the win side of that. Yes. Oh, no, of course not. But there will be markets in the morning without the first two. And... Um, just as a fun bet, if you want to stay away from the front two, because there is so little between them, I think Elfield will be the bet to finish third. Okay, Elfield for you. I would I would be signing with Stormy Island uh, to well, to set this up nicely for everything else and, and probably cling on to that third spot. The 450, the race that follows that big tee off in the mares is the Northern Trust Company Novices Handicap Chase. I've uh, been talking about it a lot on the pod, of course, and in the preview night. I'm quite keen on Galvin. I think that run last year in the Ballymore highlighted its class. I think the mark of 142 is spot on. Gordon Elliott and David Russell, what's not to like? Definitely a big, big chance now. The one thing is that Keith Dunhu did warn in his bookmakers that called it UK article, he yeah. said the better the ground, the better the chance. And that while soft ground won't kill him, he just said the better the ground, he would definitely be a much better candidate. <laughs> candidate. Yeah. I said the word better there about 600 times. But, okay, uh, yeah. but big, big chance, obviously. But I'd be more keen now to go on a horse. And a horse running off 11 stone one here, Dean, that pretty much everything has to give a small bit of weight to because there's not much of a weight concession here, so obviously. Compressed, right. So compressed. But Beakstown, uh, this horse, in my mind, has not been running um, up to his level all season. I think this has been a real aim for him. And he's been, been behind the likes of Mr. Fisher, behind the likes of Champ. And uh, Beakstown here is 14 to 1. Dan and Harry Skelton, when they do plan these handicaps out long, they they, they tend to get it more than they leave it behind them. And um, yep. at 14 to 1 or so, he's a big, big price with Beth Victor. Tongue tie on, pieces on for the first time, been left off a while because they knew they had the right mark. They've got in off 139. I can understand every part of that um, description of Beakstown's chances. I thought an interesting run, uh, one in here as well, a big price, was what more. It's interesting to see plenty of money coming for that. It might just take a big old yoke to go and win this actually because it's going to be pretty tough going out there by the time they get uh, to this race which goes to post at 450 i'm going to stick with galvin though he's actually the standout price with bet victor at 15 to 2 and um, imperial aura has been many people's nap of the meeting demo and he's a decent price at 11 to 2 um he's ran so well behind simply the bets the last day he gets in it just underneath of course the mark for kim bailey and david bass and then they've got vindication as well and um, if vindication wins and imperial Aura wins we want to Kim Bailey's best festivals for a long time 100% um, kind of based an awful lot of that is based on how close he got to Pim as well but Pim's yeah. kind of let that down in the meantime um, simply the bets like the, the Brooks team seem to be very very bullish about this horse um, I'm not convinced it's not uh, in this race though no of course not but I'm not convinced they love by, it though I'm not convinced by him later on in the week so as yeah. a result I'm not really convinced by Imperial yeah. or he could well win uh, but just at the prices Dean I'm happy to, uh, to shirk it yeah I mean I fancied simply the best of the day but I have doubts about that form actually holding up and going forward with it and I think I said as much on the podcast last day I think they have better chances than simply the bets during the week and they seem to think simply the bets is their best chance so that tells you everything you need to know about Imperial <laughs> Aura and everything you need to know about my view um, hold the note been interesting i know a lot of people have been putting out mick shannon certainly knows what he's doing with his runners at the cheltenham festival he'll go for jonathan burke and there are a host of other horses you could give chances to but i'm going to settle with galvin you're going to settle with beakstown and that is the northern trust company novices handicap chase at 450 now to round up the day uh, demos the three mile sixer um, I know this is one of the races that we've talked about so much and what we've ended up with really is carefully selected against the rest yeah um 
it's a race that I'm just not at all convinced on. I'm really struggling with it, Dean. Like, I mean, carefully selected. The one thing is, soft ground will actually probably help his jumping, won't it? Because everything else will have to go that fraction slower, uh, which will mean that he, he could kind of get away with it. If carefully selected jumps around, he wins this and wins this easily. He's the only horse here. To beat, to beat Captain CJ after what he did and to, to be holding the form that he has been holding... Um, is huge um, he, he's been schooled an awful lot apparently since so look he's very interesting but I just couldn't you want to get up. stuck in at 85 to 40 with Victor four places you're not going to do it not in a month of Sunday I so I'm just I'm happy here now to row in behind uh, Stephen Cass and the Hollow Ginge whose prices has been collapsing Stephen put this horse up in much bigger odds um, and I'm happy to follow him in here and uh, best of luck to David Power and all those owners there but um, as far as this goes for me Hollow Ginge will be a small each way bet and it's a race I think to just watch I enjoy because as much people love taking swipes at this race, it's one of my favourite ones of them all. And it's a pity that the four miler isn't in existence anymore, but hopefully the uh, three mile sixer is quite good. It's in its existence in this new era as a three mile sixer, as we call it. Uh, a couple of these aren't going to hold back from the front end. I'd imagine Lord de Menil and the Sam Whaley Cohen will get going pretty early. Springfield Fox only seems to know how to run one way uh, for Tom George and Noel George. Jockeys are really important here, though, aren't they? Derek O'Connor's got on fours in Milan. You'd have to give that a big chance. Barry O'Neill's on new tight. Uh, William Biddick's got on Landmar the Pippin if you can fancy that at a big price at 22 to 1 they are last time out winners I'm shouting out here um, Lord Domenial though seen plenty of money for Sam Whaley Cohen and Ravenhill has diverted from Akin Muir to this National Hunt chase um, he was all the rage for both races absolutely um, but again it's just one Dean that whilst uh, you'd have to be very enthusiastic about his trainer and jockey and everything else it's just a horse that I think has had hard races now and I'm just not sure what's actually left here this is why the, the fresh angle can be quite interesting for the Shetland Festival I'm just not sure what's left there you know yeah I think this is one race that if you're in the carefully selected camp you're going to wade in thinking you're on a certainty and if you're not too sure about the jumping and uh, what it's going to face over three miles six here even with the rain coming it's probably a race that you can head off home early for and get stuck in to Wednesday's cards okay that is day one of the Cheltenham Festival Dermot your absolute nap of the Tuesday please absolute nap of the Tuesday um, it's been kind of coming and going with me I, I kind of haven't been sure all day but you know what at at the odds, the horse that I'm most confident on now is actually Super Sunday. Super Sunday in the Chaminado. I'll definitely echo that. I'm hoping Fiddler on the Roof gets us off to a great start, though, for all those followers of me, whoever you are out there. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there aren't many, let's be honest. Okay, you've been listening to The Race Hour. This is the Day One podcast uh, brought to you with bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, Bet Victor. Termo will do it all again tomorrow when we'll refresh over what happened on Day One at the Cheltenham Festival and get stuck into Wednesday. Until then. Best of luck, everyone. You've been listening to The Race Hour, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news and bookmaker reviews.